Welcome to episode two of Don't Go Hollow, a podcast miniseries about the Soulsborne video games and the mental health impact they have had on people struggling with depression. When I started playing Dark Souls Remastered, I discovered via YouTube and Reddit a shared experience where people found the Dark Souls games to help them cope with their depression. This led me to start this podcast, to hear stories from people who were helped by these games and discuss their therapeutic value. The term Soulsborne refers to six games created by the Japanese studio From Software. This includes the Dark Souls trilogy, Demon's Souls, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, and Bloodborne, which we're going to hear about pretty soon. This episode features three people who all found the Soulsborne games to help their depression, and are here to share their stories and thoughts on how these games could help other people. Let's meet our first guest. Um, I'm Regina. I go online by Dill Pixels, so all of my gaming buddies call me. I'm 31 years old. I live in the upstate of South Carolina in the U.S. of A. I have a bachelor's degree in chemistry. I'm not working in that field right now. I'm an assistant manager of like a popular convenience store. I don't want to say what it is, but um, I'm on leave right now for an injury, and I'm just I'm saving up for my master's because I want to be a therapist and my hobbies include mainly like uh, video games, Dungeons Dragons, doing puzzles, reading, and I've recently gotten into like making st stuff from resin like dice and whatever. How long is the study needed to be like a mental health professional, the one that you're looking at? Um, If you did a full course load, I think you would do like two years of like classes and stuff and then you have to do one year of like clinical work kind of like a doctor hmm. um and then you can be certified um the actual degree is called clinical mental health counseling but um as someone with mental like health problems i can get stressed out very easily like i have anxiety so i just plan on taking my time if i have to do one course a semester and that if it takes me 10 years to get my master's i'm fine with that because i try not to put time limits on myself for my goals. So I'm it's something I'm gonna take my time with so I can be relaxed and financially stable through the whole thing, so. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess, when did you get into the the Soulsborne games? Mid to late 2015, I think. Like I knew the first one I saw about was I think Bloodborne and then my friend like started talking about the Dark Souls game and I played them super out of order. I think I did Dark Souls 2, Bloodborne, and then I did either Demon Souls or the first Dark Souls, and then I did the other one, and then I did Dark Souls 3. So it was really out of order, but it didn't, the lore is so hidden in there, playing them out of order is not going to be a big deal for you. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Definitely Bloodborne, mm. hands down. It's, it might be my favorite game of all time. Like I, bored, pretty much obsessed with that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really love it. It has such a really nice like Lovecraftian feel to it and they actually the creators actually talked about how they referenced a lot of like HP Lovecraft stories and like poetry and stuff to find that kind of like dark creepy feel so it's like beyond being medieval but um before getting too modernized so um like Victorian era yeah yeah Victorian creepy yeah those kind of like looking churches and stuff and honestly, they they did a great job with making the setting like some people say Dark Souls is creepy, but there have been legit parts, like especially if you play Bloodborne with like a, with a headset, is they have such cool, which is how I recommend you play. It. You catch so many different like background sounds and stuff that it just you, you really get immersed in in that feeling. Bloodborne, 
is fast-paced Dark Souls and you're with guns. If you were talking about um, like the Soulsborne games to a friend and the topic of like mental health came up, is there like something that you would say, like either, you know, not necessarily relating to your own experience, but are there the things you've seen in the community that like, I guess are the general themes that people relate to or stories that are seen pretty frequently? Yeah, I've seen um, a lot. Like, I feel like the the Dark Souls subreddit has a lot more people. So I, I don't see the posts as frequently as the Bloodborne community, just because it's exclusively on the PlayStation. But on both communities on Reddit, which is where I am a lot, is I see a lot of people talking about how it has helped them through either chronic or like acute depression or like dark times in their lives. And I think it, it really, both the Dark Souls game and Bloodborne really gives you something to focus on and you work really really hard through each stage so when you do complete a stage or complete a very difficult boss you feel super super cool like it's just it's a super big confidence boost because this isn't a game like it's not like you can lower the difficulty it's not like in Diablo we're like oh I'm gonna lower this difficulty for this area because I keep dying like you you being that boss really does say that you did a good job because it's it's really hard so it's I think that's one of the big things I see online when people talk about it. Is it just beating someone, especially if you've like, I've seen people talk about taking 30 tries, which I'm sure I've done. And I know at least one boss in Bloodborne in the DLC that I probably tried 40, 50 times before I beat him. And it is so it's that feeling of beating a boss that you've been stuck on for so long is just, it's great. Like you just want to like jump up and down and cheer. And I think, especially when you're having like a bad time in life, I think that feeling is really helpful. Mm. And I think it can really help you see that there are different aspects of life that, that can help you feel that way again and make you feel really positive about yourself. Mm. That yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, awesome. Yeah, one of the things I've actually, I know it was in some interview, but uh, I think Hidetaka Miyazaki, the creator of, all the Soulsborne games basically was saying that the reason we don't have difficulty levels is so that all players are like on the same field, like they're all having the same experience. Um, yeah. I've kind of wondered is like, maybe that's why like it's helped so many people like cope with their depression. You know, like if, if there was an easy setting, I don't think that that would happen. Um, no, I yeah. can't imagine an easy setting. Um, I, I don't like to generalize, but I do, in my experiences, um, people who do suffer from like depression and suicidal thoughts, like they're really, really fucking stubborn, which I think is a good thing. And I think that's part of the subconscious appeal of the Soulsborne games is you gotta be, you gotta be a little stubborn to, to get through those games because they're like, everyone has difficulties with different bosses in different areas. Like, one of my favorite bosses that I had no problems with are some other people are like, it took me days to kill this boss. Mm -hmm. And I think that stubbornness helps you push and fight. And then you get that, like I said, you get that confidence boost, that wonderful like light feeling in your chest where you just shit. Sometimes I've gotten up and like jumped up and down and like fist pumped the air when I beat a certain boss. And I think that stubbornness helps you get to that point where you can win and you can get that wonderful feeling. I've definitely jumped for joy and done a little <laughs> dance after after killing a certain boss. Yeah, yeah. There are there are several where it's just like 
there's a couple in all the games that just makes me want to beat my head against the wall but yeah i still beat them because (laughs) there's that stubbornness yeah cool so on reddit you said that the soulsborne games saved you during your worst years of depression um but that you didn't realize it until later is that like much later like years down the track or like a few months um it it was the main one that made me realize it it was all of them combined because i played them so back to back because i was i got really obsessed with the series and the play style but uh once again i have to mention um bloodborne because this is the one that down the road is where it made it like click to me what the dark souls and bloodborne games did for me um but with bloodborne without like spoiling too much um the goal is to like end the nightmare that you and the world basically like stuck in. Um, and I realize now that this like com- complements my fight with depression. Like I logically knew that there would be a point where the nightmare of depression would end and, and get better. Uh, well, potentially end and get better. It's, it's hard to see that end point while you're in it. Mm. Um, and it's not easy living with depression. Um, looking back now that game really looks like a reflection of my mental health over the years uh for the first time really i'm in a, i'm actually in like a really good spot right now mentally and to kind of like put it in a word to compare it to, to the games and especially bloodborne i feel like i've ascended beyond my depression like just in the game you can like ascend beyond the hunter's dream and like break free of the nightmare and Oddly enough, the re- the point where I realized that Bloodborne and the Dark Souls games, which is kind of like the same thing, it was this like regaining your humanity, you know, and like bringing light back to the world. Mm-hmm. But when I realized this is when I got like uh, my friend designed a tattoo on my back for me, and the base of it is like the hunter's mark. Um, and from the base of that, basically the tattoo like goes up my spine and then starts to branch out into loops with like dots and curls. And I realized like. I liked it because it's pretty and I always wanted a haunter's mark, but I realized afterwards, I subconsciously had chosen a meaning for that tattoo and that the game represented my growth as a person suffering from depression, growing and turning to something beautiful and positive, basically. Mm. And so it was a weird realization that that tattoo made me think about the games and how they actually did for the years I was playing them gave me almost a purpose. It made me feel like I had something really good to work on that that gave me a really positive feeling. Mm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Did you did you ever like talk to like were you seeing a mental health professional at the time? Toward, towards like after I'd kind of beaten most of them but was still playing them, I, I went for a long time without uh, seeing a professional. Um, my very first one in college, almost ten years ago. Ooh old <laughs> um she gave me like a bad taste for therapy mm. uh she was like that very like you see on tv how does that make you feel and then just wouldn't say anything and like stare at me but since then i've had some very good very very good therapists um i've mentioned it in passing that i have certain games that i've played that i felt like have really helped me mm. uh, but i haven't really gone into detail the the two i've really talked to about it including my current therapist they they thought it's just wonderful that I have found something that I enjoy that helps me with my mental stability. Hmm. And they've been really super like supportive about it. Yeah. And, great. 
like I've mentioned how I can tell when my depression is really bad is because I don't want to play video games. Like I can tell it's really bad then. So, which it's, I don't know if it's like that for other people, but it's just like, I can't even bring the effort for that. So being a feeling up to playing like a game that challenges me and then rewards me is, is something that's good. And they've just been really supportive about me doing that and having that. Like they've told me about, you know, everyone has hobbies that helps them. And they're like, if that's what's healthy for you, that's really great and continue to do that and use that. But yeah, it's it's tough, man. Hmm. It's tough having it. But there's a lot of strong people out there that some are just dealing on their own with no help. And hopefully they are able to get some, especially if it's it's clinical and something's not going to necessarily go away. But oh well, sometimes it takes more strength to get help though. And it, know it that does. You need it. I yeah. that that is the most difficult part of depression is asking for help like it's because one of the biggest parts of depression is it tells you that nobody cares it tells you that if you talk about it like people are gonna like write it off and stuff like that so getting past that hump to ask for help is a really really big step and I think even just seeing someone post on MJ or reddit saying hey you know I've I reached out and I think I'm gonna finally see a therapist and I'm like that as someone who's done that, like, it, it's hard. It's hard to do that. And it's, it's very, I'm very proud of anyone, even strangers, when, when they ask for that help, because it's not easy. Yeah. Um, I guess my, my final question would be, do you think like these games could help anyone or specifically people interested in like fantasy and video games? Mm, I mean, like, I don't just think anyone, if you're not like into gaming, just pick it up and, and maybe enjoy it. But I don't think it would, it, I think they'll help anyone beyond, you know, like depression or suicidal thoughts or something like that. I think, I think people who even like struggle with, with friends and stuff. I actually met on Dark Souls 2, I met a stranger. I just messaged this person and was like, hey, I like your build. Mm-hmm. but uh can you talk about it more we ended up becoming very close friends and we actually dated on and off for like a year or two even though he lived 2400 miles away and i've seen other stories of people meeting some of their best friends on these games so it's beyond helping people with depression or other mental health issues it can really just connect you to some really wonderful people and you can just make some really great like lasting relationships from this really great community in these games yeah yeah that's awesome that's that's all the questions for me but if there's any um topics that you think would be good to talk about like now's the time don't forget to like and subscribe (laughs) well you could yeah do you want to say um so if people want to want to follow your streams it's still pixels on yeah it it is yeah on on twitch d-i-l-l-p-i-x-e-l-s i'm trying to get definitely don't want to plug myself i'm trying to get a more stable like schedule being out of work i'm trying to do that more but i'm also trying to do stuff with my house but yeah um i'm dill pixels on on twitch i think that's what i am on twitter too i can't remember but i have all my like social media on my on my twitch that you can like join my discord or follow me on twitter or snapchat or stuff but yeah cool i'm slowly working on on having a more more of a a presence online as i'm yeah. figuring everything out but, and also if 
literally anyone can reach out to me for help on on bloodborne i'll help out in dark souls too but i'm, I'm better in bloodborne <laughs> but that is legit and right now my favorite part of the games is helping people so if you jackson or anyone else wants to reach out to me i will happily help awesome. i'm also dill pixels on reddit someone can find me on there and shoot me a message yeah cool sweet thanks regina Next up, we're going to hear from 18-year-old Zach. You'll recognize his voice from the first episode of Don't Go Hollow, where Zach and I discussed what makes the Soulsborne games unique and what it means to go hollow, both in Dark Souls and in real life. Zach also mentioned that he ruptured his Achilles last year, and despite adding to his depression, it led him to discover the art of fire performance, which he plans to make a living from. Now, Zach shares more about how his injury happened and how Dark Souls 3 helped him cope with the challenges he was facing in real life. So the way my Achilles injury happened was last year, I was taking out the trash and it sounds mad like this story, but there was a broken mason jar at the bottom. And so there was all this broken glass at the bottom of the trash bag. And I was walking in the garage and I was about to take the trash out. And the pathway in the garage was a little bit narrow. narrow and so the trash bag hit something in the garage and it like swept behind me and the glass from the mason jar cut through the bag and cut my Achilles. And so I had a ruptured Achilles tendon. And so I did like six months in a boot. And so I really couldn't do anything. So that's whenever like flow arc really took over my hobbies was like, I found it taking up all my time and really just good exercise just because I was like getting out in the yard every day and like even in crutches. And that's something that's like really, I think, impressive just because most people would want to just sit down all day and like not do much because of the injury. Yeah, dude, that's pretty hardcore if you're doing like fire dancing and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had, a, had, a, had your foot in a boot far out. Yeah. Dude, that's insane. I didn't get yeah. the fire performed, but like the whole time that was all my mind was set on was just, this is what I'm going to do it for. Like, once I get out of this boot, I'm going to fire perform. And like it. I did. Um, and so that was three months after I got my boot off. So I think it was a pretty good like segue of time. Yeah. I guess you could say. You reckon that was like a blessing in disguise and that like, you're like, oh, I have nothing to do. Yeah. Absolutely. It mm -hmm. taught me a lot of patience that I didn't have. And I didn't think I had actually, because I didn't really have time to do anything and I couldn't walk. So like, a lot of the things that I took for granted, I wasn't able to do as much. And like even taking a shower took so much energy that I didn't know it took before. And so I found a new respect for people with disabilities where they can't do the things that everyone seems normal every day. Yeah. And yeah. the patience it takes. Was your depression probably caused by like damaging your Achilles and just like not being able to do anything? I started realizing that I had depression in April. So it was whenever COVID hit, but like all it, like before COVID hit, I even saw signs of like, I wasn't really happy. And I was just going through the motions like every day. Like I just didn't really feel anything. And so whenever COVID hit and um, I started to feel this, like, and it went on for many months and I just kept on going through the motions every day. It was at the time of July when I cut my Achilles that it definitely, my depression took me even to a 
worse place in a state of mind. And so, and like that time I couldn't walk. I think that like was a really big damper on everything because I couldn't walk in everything that I wanted to do. I had to put so much effort into to do. And so to even get up the stairs to my room took me like five minutes every day. And cause I didn't want to just crawl up the stairs. Like I wanted to do it on my own. So what I would do is I'd use my crutches and I just prop myself up and push myself off the crutches and then put the crutch on the next step and put the crutch on the next step and push myself up. And so like, I wanted to get myself up. I wanted, I wanted to do it on my own, everything. And so dark souls was my legs. That's what I had as my legs. Like that world was something that I escaped into every day. And me and my brother-in-law playing, I found it to be a very good escape for me. And so during that time, whenever I had depression and in my life, it was very hard to do things. There were things that were even harder for me and dark souls that I was overcoming. And so I realized like, if I can overcome Bork, even though it took me six hours, what it felt like six hours, like I can come up these stairs every day. I can take a shower every day. I can put a smile on my face every day. I can see the good things and the negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, I'm glad. It, I'm glad that it helped you. Um, yeah, and you and you were getting therapy at the time as well. Yes, um, I started therapy right after I cut my Achilles. Well, no, I started therapy. I had one therapy session before I cut my Achilles, and so I cut my Achilles and I couldn't walk, and so I set up arrangements to figure out how to get back and forth, and then mm. I did therapy every week after that. Yeah, almost. and when when did you? I guess, start playing Dark Souls in this timeline? Um, I started playing Dark Souls around June and me and my brother-in-law would only play on the days that he was off of work. And mm. so we'd play at nighttime. And so if he was off the next day of work, we would play that night and we would play most of the night. And whenever I cut my Achilles, he was like, every night we'll play until we beat it. And so every night we were playing. And if we couldn't beat that boss, like one night, And you know how like bosses work and you have to get through many different parts of an area before you can even get to the boss. Yeah. And so one area could take you an hour maybe, or it could take you 30 minutes. And so there was nights where we would go for two bosses or there was nights where we'd just go for one. And then we got to the Ring City DLC finally. And for those of you that don't know, that's at the very end of the game on Dark Souls 3. And once we got to that, we met the demon princess and well oh my goodness they were so hard and it starts off with the demon of pain and the demon from below i believe and then it turns into the demon prince after you defeat both those demons and at that point i was like this is me fighting all my demons in life and there's three different phases and so you beat the first phase and you're like you get that high again you feel like you're on top of the world and you're like wait but there's another one and so you have to beat another one. And then you feel that high again. And you're like, finally, I did it. And then you realize that these two demons are becoming one. And you're like, oh, my goodness, what is happening? And you realize there's a final demon boss. And it's the demon prince. And you think this demon's going to be just like the other ones until you see it start flying. And you're like, great. So this demon dragon can fly now. And then you see lasers coming out of its eyes in one phase. Or you see these huge fireballs shooting down at you. There were so many different times I died to the demon princes. And, but when I finally beat him and I was playing a pyromancer build my first time and I got the demon scar after I beat the demon princes, 
which is this huge flame sword that's always on fire. And I was like, this is the most wicked thing ever. Like, I'm so hyped. And so that's what made me want to do my second playthrough was like, okay, I just had this demon scar, but I only did the pyromancy playthrough. Like, I got to play another playthrough and another playthrough. And right now I'm on my second playthrough as a dex build. Yeah. Um, did you did you talk about Dark Souls with your therapist at all? Um, actually, I did a few times and I told them how, like, whenever um, I was in crutches at first, I told them how me and my brother-in-law, my therapist, I told my therapist, sorry, that I didn't yeah. say that right. But I told my therapist how me and my brother-in-law were playing this game and how, like, I just saw it as, like, this huge open world that, like, is so beautiful and, like, you want to live in almost, even though it's so, like, dreadful and it's so scary to think about. If it was actually real world, like, you find this game so addictively fun. And I told him how we'd play almost every night and we'd fight these bosses that are so big and so terrorizing to you and he definitely thought it was very funny that like that's how I found an escape for myself and he thought it was very like he's very happy for me that I found something that wasn't very normal for an escape and mm. turned into something very positive for me yeah yeah cool did he have any other thoughts about it like was he like yeah you should keep playing this game if it's if it's helping you yeah he he definitely told me to keep on playing. Um, my therapist, like main things were, he wanted me to do things that I saw had positive benefits on me. And Dark mm -hmm. Souls was definitely one of those things that had positive benefits, even though there were so many negative times that I had in the game, like always wanted more. And so I always saw it as a positive because it never really made me angry. I guess you could say like, I know a lot of gamers can feel rage from games and want to break controllers and stuff like that. I've experienced that myself. And so. With Dark, Dark Souls, Souls and, or like Call of um, Duty? Call of Duty, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> That's, um, I think shooters were definitely like what made me angry at games. And then whenever I started playing RPGs, I just found it as more calming because you're creating this character in a world and you can create whoever you want and be whoever you want in this world. So that's what I always thought was cool about it. Do you think like playing these games would work for anyone suffering from depression? I think Dark Souls definitely can be something that people with depression use as a form of therapy, I guess you could say. But I don't think that everyone with depression would see it as a form of therapy, just because I think that everyone with depression always has different hobbies or interests. And I think that me being already interested with video games help. So I think people with depression that are interested in video games and see this already as like a positive in their life, I think that would definitely help them. And even people that haven't played video games before that are depressed could find this as something that could help them because the fact of it's so new to you if you've never played video games. Mm. And it's so huge of a world that you could just dive into and learn so much about and it's something to get your mind off of everything that hurts inside. There's so many different stories for every character that you meet along the way that you can relate to in real life. And for me, um, I think whenever I met Dancer of the Boro Valleys, whenever I really like related to the game a lot, because the dancer, if you don't know, is one of the seven people that works for pontiff sullivan and so pontiff 
made the dancer perform for her or perform for him every day. And so the dancer was a performer and was someone that had this great tragedy in their life at all times. She's in the same area as Bort and Bort is her only friend. And you killed Bort before you even get to the dancer. So her only friend is gone. And so she's performing for Pontiff, but she has no friends. And so I found the dancer is someone that I could relate to because one, she was a performer and she had this fire sword. And that's one thing that I want to use as a prop um, to perform with. And also just her tragedy and how she still danced so beautifully every single day. I thought it was so cool. To conclude this episode, we're going to hear from 28 year old Sebi. Sebi hails from Romania, where he works as a data lead manager for an IT company. But his real passion lies in writing. Sebi never considered himself a gamer, but he felt drawn toward the Dark Souls series and found it to be a helpful metaphor for his own life, helping him cope even when writing couldn't. Is there like a particular genre that you're interested in writing in? I guess it's transgressive fiction, maybe a blend of horror and transgressive fiction. Yeah, very cool. Um, and so writing, is that one of your hobbies? It's not a hobby. I'm trying to make it my my main my main job. Like the idea of, of working a, a job that doesn't make me any better for the rest of my life makes me sad. So I'm trying to do what I what I really like. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Um, and any other hobbies or interests that you want to share? Yeah, I'm interested in music and uh, culture, religion, mysticism, a lot of things. Um, do you play any yeah. instruments or just mostly listening? I play guitar and I sing, yeah. Yeah, I cool. used to be in a, in a band, but we broke up last year. Oh, damn. Was that because of the virus? No, it was creative differences, I guess. I had nothing in common with the music I was playing anymore. Yeah, fair enough. What what genre was it? it was post black metal. I've uh, grown out of the genre. Grown out of metal in general, or just like that particular? I sub think so. I think in general, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What would you rather be um, making? Psychedelic rock. Yeah, sick. The reason I wanted to talk to you in particular was you said you you weren't someone who was a gamer before playing dark souls i mean not only i i'm not into gaming but i'm not a big fan of fantasy either so that's even more bizarre is dark souls 3 the only one you've played so far no no i've played the entire franchise but i gave up dark souls 2 when i got to the shrine of aman i think that's my least favorite game in the series i'll probably never play it again and which which one did you enjoy the most uh, the third one I just love the story and the graphics and the lore. I like Dark Souls 1 as well, but not as much as the third one. Yeah. At the time, did they get easier as you were playing them or were they still... Definitely, yeah. I don't think that Dark Souls is a is that hard, really. I mean, maybe it's hard until you get all the mechanics and it's also hard if you don't pay attention to it if you don't have any patience, but it definitely gets easier the more you play it. What What did you play it on? Uh, on my laptop, but I bought a controller 
and I never played with a controller. It seemed like the most anti-intuitive device I've ever held in my hands. So it took a while until I, I got the hang of it. But then it, again, it got easier and easier. What did you think of um, the kind of don't go hollow mantra that comes through in the first game? I mean, the don't go hollow is probably the thing that rings the truest for a depressive person. I mean, what it, what it means to go hollow, it's just basically losing yourself. And I was really close to that in real life. So I was fighting hollowing not only in the game, but in reality as well. Yep. Striving not to, not to go hollow. I was almost on the brink of schizophrenia at the time. But I'm happy I caught it before it bloomed. Yeah. Is, um, was that because of Dark Souls or kind of in conjunction with uh, I think therapy? it helped a lot. It helped a lot, again, to see myself from another perspective, from the outside. More than anything else, Dark Souls teaches, teaches you how to position yourself against failure. It's like if you, you have to walk with failure and not against it because you're going to lose if you go against it. If you place like failure right in front of you, it's always gonna appear bigger than you. So failure, I think, is a part of the process, not a part of not a process in itself, you know. You have to walk it in, walk with it. It's an intricate part of life. And I actually after I finished Dark Souls 3, I actually finished writing my novel, which I couldn't do for months. You know, it's a from software staple that you don't get the story you're actually writing it yourself with the item descriptions and it keeps that ambiguity on you but it trusts you that if you're clever enough you're gonna piece the story together you know and that's what like the best replacement for writing yeah interesting that's really cool yeah i like that um because some people will claim that Dark Souls even like cured their depression or their suicidal symptoms or something. Uh, where do you think you kind of fit on that spectrum? Are you more like it helped me a little bit or like it cured me? It helped, it helped me, but it definitely didn't cure it. We really don't understand depression. I mean, we don't understand how antidepressants work for that matter. It's just speculation. So I really don't know why Dark Souls helped me. Can't really explain it. It did, but I don't know why. Like maybe antidepressants work, but I don't know how and why. Yeah. I feel like antidepressants work if your depression is caused by maybe a biochemical problem. But in my case, I think my, my depression is mostly social like i don't fit in and that's a depression that's more hardly cured it seems that there could be a lot of root causes of depression and yeah. also a lot of possible treatments i mean like we you know there's electroshock therapy that is still used uh sparsely today um which is pretty interesting. So I guess it's not too far-fetched to say that, you know, a, a video game with uh, some relatable symbolism could help people a great deal. 
it could it definitely could but don't see it as a cure because it doesn't cure anything maybe empowers you but it doesn't cure it you know depression isn't the same for everybody it's like a, a custom disease it affects people differently and you can't possibly make up 100,000 treatments you know you have to find something that applies to everybody mm. and i'm really excited for uh, therapy with psychedelics electroshock therapy i know that it helps people some people mm. yeah well um like what kind of medication were you on two antidepressants and uh, an antipsychotic but they they haven't done much for me mm. uh, are you still on them yeah, you gotta try, man, until you find something that that helps you. Mm. I mean, I got uh, side effects from those from a certain brand of pills, like, and I discontinued it, but I haven't stopped taking them. You know, you just have to ask for something else, something that your body will will deal with efficiently. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um. And it, but like you still think it's like Dark Souls has helped you more than taking antidepressant drugs have. It it did because it put my life in in a perspective. Like it stab, stabilized my my history in a way. Like it's a game you lose yourself in it only to find yourself. Because again, it rings so true for anyone that's depressed. Even the lore revolves around this theme of depression you know with the abyss watchers and in the first one you have solaire and artorias in the first one there's a legend about the knight artorias who fought against the abyss but ultimately was overwhelmed by it and you're gonna kill him and finally give him a dignified death i guess and the abyss watchers i think the lore kind of implies that they do pretty much the same thing as Artorias did. Hmm. But when you uh, reach the boss room, you actually see that they're fighting themselves. And that's because they're trained to destroy everything that the Abyss has touched. And they're already touched by the Abyss and they're killing themselves. And that's, dude, that, that's something that I can relate with. You know, that Nietzsche said that if you gaze long enough in the abyss, the abyss is gonna gaze back into you. And Artorias and the, the abyss watchers are the perfect example of that. Like you, you need to get out of the abyss even for a while, gain some strength, and then you can look back into it. Yeah. Um. So I guess, like, do you think the the games could be used as a form of therapy? They could. Yeah. Mm. For sure. What environment do you think that would have to be in? I mean, you can do it at home. Hmm. I don't see any professional Dark Souls therapists in the near, near yeah. future. You know, if you if you need to be reminded that you're strong enough, time and time and again, sure, you can just play it. But if not, you can just play it once and it changes your life like it did mine you know psychedelics you you only have to take it once mm. to change your life yeah for sure 
So do you think playing these games could help anyone suffering from depression or like, is there like a specific type of person? I think anyone can benefit from it. It shows you that you're not alone, you know? The thing with depression is like you're living in a Plato's cave. Plato's cave is a metaphor about people that lived in a cave and saw shadows on the walls and they took those shadows as objective reality, but they weren't. Reality was outside of the cave, not the shadows that danced on the wall. And that's that's actually what depression is. You look at things that aren't real, that aren't true, but you take them as they are. And I think Dark Souls allowed me to look at myself like from the without, to see myself in reality. Mm. Yeah, it's that whole um, intrusive thoughts um, and yeah, yeah, like not feeling that you're, you're you're worth enough to to live. Exactly, exactly. But if you look at yourself from outside of yourself, you're gonna see the truth. Like you matter. You're worth saving. The main problem with depression is that it buries you in your own head. Like, and you have to get out. Mm. All right. Well. Thanks heaps for talking to me, man. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I, I think um, I think your your experience is an example of how this game can help people who who you know aren't just like gamers. Um, that it's something that uh, yeah, that's again because it it's just more than a game. It simply is. It's it's life, a life experience. Hmm people are starting to see that it's it's just more than a game it's too deep to be just a game thanks for listening to episode two of don't go hollow and thanks to regina zach and sebi for opening up about their experience with depression and how the Soulsborne games helped each of them if you want to keep up to date on future episodes you can follow the podcast on instagram and twitter If you want to get in contact about the podcast, you can also shoot me a message on these accounts. If any of the topics in today's episode brought up some concerns for you, consider seeking out a mental health hotline in your region that offers phone calls or live chat features. In the next episode, I'm going to be talking to a psychologist about the possible psychological explanations as to why the Soulsborne games have helped people with depression as well as science regarding video games and mental health in general. I'm Jackson Reed, and this has been the Don't Go Hollow podcast.